Yeah, I've been thinking about the idea that's at the end of the title for a while. Uh, I've been ruminating on it, the future of advanced economies, because it allows me to go through this uh, endless uh, intellectual or academic exercise where I get to explore complexity across an array of uh, disciplines, some that I have a great deal of knowledge in, like networks, uh, and to a degree states, most certainly, uh, and then some that maybe I have broader knowledge on, maybe less specific, like the future of advanced economies. So when I was recording last week uh, and talking about uh, Bology's book, The Network State, which basic premise is that uh, at, at some point, uh, you'll have a fully functioning uh, identity attached to a fully functioning economy uh, that transcends the current nation state system that is beyond the existence of national identity. <laughs> And you know that is in in that idea is incredibly uh, impractical. It, like like the only way to respond to the idea of network states is through theories and philosophies uh, and some science. But otherwise, uh, it's a it's it's the network state is very theoretical. I, I've. I've looked at states uh, and and even looked at national identity, and I I mean I've looked at national identity through social construction, so the social construction of a nation of a national identity, uh, even uh, when looking at states, uh, what about the interactions that states around the globe have today in various ways, be it trade, uh, uh, treaties for certain types of agreements, limits on the production of weapons, some guidelines for war or the declaration of uh, such act. Uh, st structures for communication. So states have uh, varying instruments that they can use to communicate with each other and negotiate. Uh, there are so many light items that it would have to be thought about and solved for practically uh, for a network state to appear for technology to move beyond national identity for there to be one identity, uh, maybe even on a blockchain. So instead of attempting to pick apart Bology's ideas, because in, in a lot of ways from a theoretical perspective, I'm going to give it to him. He covers a lot of categories. He gets into exchange rate policy. Uh, he, he has thoughts on monetary policy. He, he, and he's very critical publicly of uh, uh, these government institutions. 
so instead of observing his interest and trying to uh, pinpoint where he might be coming from, uh, which is still most certainly the indoctrination of the Bay Area, I'd rather shift gears and ponder on my own idea of the future of advanced economies. Because uh, I maybe I'm saying something similar to uh, existing beyond the nation or transacting beyond the nation, but maybe uh, I don't think it'll be beyond the nation. Maybe I think the technological advancements will occur here in a physical uh, objective reality to, to the degree where when we benefit from these advancements, we're still here on planet Earth. Uh, I'll leave it up to the many others to contemplate what economies would look like in outer space uh, or in a world that has no national identity. But both areas are fascinating. But I want to think of uh, the future of advanced economies here in the physical objective realm that we know on Earth. The, you know, the one that's creating the road noise in the background that you hear in the city, the one creating those cars that are honking periodically. That, that's the reality where I want to think about advanced economies. Uh, on a basic level... Uh, like the broadest Investopedia definition on advanced economies is that they're usually defined as having a high level of per capita income, a varied export base, and a financial sector that's integrated in the global financial system. If I, uh, if I boiled advanced economies down to uh, the top 15 cities, uh, you know, the IMF says there's 39 nations that have advanced economies, but if I boiled it down to the top 15 cities, Hong Kong, uh, London, uh, you know, the, the Riyadh, uh, Dubai, uh, Qatar, uh, San Francisco, New York City, uh, probably a few uh, parts of the economy in India, you know, where, where there is a pool of labor that is uh, participating in uh, activities that you either do in your daily lives or uh, have friends that do. But, but think of the top part of the advanced economy, the part where the professionals are at. So the, the doctors, the lawyers, uh, the consultants, the researchers, uh, the scientists, to think of that part. Uh, because in, in, in the cities that I'm describing, you'll, you'll have high concentrations of, uh, th this kind of uh, this kind of labor and these advanced economies. There's other adv uh, advanced types of labor. Uh, especially when you get into industries like uh, manufacturing can get incredibly advanced. But, but, but I, I want to think about uh, uh, very high-skilled professionals. And, uh, and uh, because I think what I'm arguing is that 
the technology, the next wave of uh, technological uh, advancement, I see it pulling itself at the top of the distribution uh, where the hot, uh, where the height of the axis is the level of education uh, and the average income. Uh, and then uh, I only want to look at it in the densest cities in the world, like the, again, top 15, maybe top 14. Where, uh, and in those dense cities, uh, you know, I could also see how much of the world's capital is concentrated in those dense cities. So I believe that the future of advanced economies is happening or will happen in that pocket of the labor market. Uh, now, I know it's kind of boring. It's not as sexy as uh, what uh, is discussed in the network state. But the reason that I'm thinking about this is because we have all of this talk that computers are going to run themselves. Uh, they're going to run other computers. They're going to augment uh, human minds. They're going to become more integrated even at the physical level inside of the human. You know, we have all these, uh, uh, all of this public discourse on uh, artificial intelligence and uh, kind of augmenting uh, human potential or increasing human capabilities. And th there's a hardware element and there's a software element. And then there's probably the, the production and distribution of these goods and how they get adopted. One application, uh, if the computers can think for themselves, let's just say. One application might be, I'm a high-skilled professional. Uh, right now, my interaction with the labor market broadly, I understand this isn't all the time, but is through a resume, which is a document that only contains language and it's static. So it is validating in some way that I at least have a basic understanding or orientation towards a specific language. Uh, and then employers are analyzing that language and clustering it and looking for specific keywords. So uh, we're being treated like a query on Google, uh, but in the labor market. Uh, and it's all about language optimization. Fascinating, right? And the document is static. And many people exchange the document in a PDF or a Word document. Uh, if you're really creative, uh, a PowerPoint, that would be incredibly silly. But when was PowerPoint created? The 90s? That's my point. So this exchange... Uh, between uh, uh, what, what labor supply and firms is intermediated by this language document that's static. Uh, I think that is appalling that the labor market is to a degree at least constricted by language.
I don't think it's dynamic enough. I think that it's clear if you look at uh, parts of the school system, uh, la language is failing too many people but because you can't learn it in every school. You can only learn it in some schools and that's going to impact your ascendancy in, uh, 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 in uh, a country that offers a moderate level of uh, economic and political freedom. You're, you won't be able to ascend up that economic ladder uh, if you don't have the right language on that document. So clearly it works, right? Uh, we have uh, tens of billions, uh, you know, trillions of dollars of wages. Uh, we, we have any number of new economies that are coming online around the girl globe, uh, you know, a number of emerging markets that still look promising uh, in the middle of this uh, shuffling of world order. So, so there's new alliances that are uh, being created and there are new opportunities for economies that have been uh, uh, marginalized by a sort of realist hegemony. That's what we'll call that. And I'll come back to that at some point. I'm going to probably do an entire uh, monologue on the idea of uh, realist hegemony. I'm going to make a note of that. So this PDF document, it works. Yeah. So my, my thought is that the technologies that uh, Balaji talks about in the network state and uh, all, all of these kind of like forms of currency and these uh, Web3 environments and, you know, I'm sure there will be some kind of application for that. I, I, I don't argue that'll be somewhere. But I don't, I don't think the economy, I don't think it's going to concentrate itself there. I'm sorry about that. I can't, uh, you know, if I, even if I look at uh, central banks and then all the institutions that sit on top of them, all of the institutions that sit on top of central banks that are affected by their policies. Uh, now, I can be critical of that institution, but I don't think it's practical to envision a world without a central banking system. It's just it, even if uh, the network state existed and it decentralized everything, somebody will reconcentrate it. Um, you know, in, in, in the, the network states instance, maybe one of these venture capital arms at one of these uh, firms uh, in Menlo Park, maybe they'll at some point reconcentrate the digital environment once it reaches a certain level of uh, adoption. Uh, and there's different ways they could do that. Uh, so I want to think about uh, this kind of hardware software connection that will make that PDF document cease to exist. Uh, maybe it'll bring in like a more dynamic uh, version of an individual's skills, and then that individual can uh, use uh, these computer systems at the local level. So on their person, in their person, uh, or on some type of device or hardware to provide them with uh, a... Uh, 
some type of enhancement, uh, some type of enhanced interpretation of the environment, wherever that is. Uh, and then relevant uh, processes at the local level that enhance uh, uh, their individual skills. Uh, and uh, the computers would align in some way with that individual, maybe starting with language or some kind of natural language, and maybe uh, understand uh, an array of language, but uh, accommodate a broader group of people. Maybe that doesn't necessarily play out as this kind of egalitarian or democratized stuff that you hear from Silicon Valley, but maybe it creates these like very highly, even increasingly concentrated, hyper competitive parts of the top of the distribution, the most highly skilled part of the labor market. And, uh, and, and that growth drives uh, new efficiencies in an environment where, you know, in the United States or Japan, even China, the population is declining. When you have population decline, you won't get uh, efficiencies by uh, hiring more humans because they don't exist. Uh, the population is declining. Your group is becoming smaller. So to me, the... Uh, next advancements in uh, technology will they'll have to drive uh, like an exponential uh, bundle of benefits like, like just above the baseline at least uh, like this additional benefit on a multiplier uh, increases efficiency. Like, like it'll have to be dramatic increases in efficiency. One of the dynamics that I read about through a lot of the great an analysis that I get to look at every day uh, that I'm so blessed to look at and, uh, and all of the people that I can have these conversations with, all the thinkers and intellectuals that I have these conversations with that I get to contemplate uh, these things with uh, it it occurred to me that uh, the most interesting place for the innovation uh, or to think about in the innovation that will take place in the advanced economy uh, it is the like the the height of the distribution the very top so I think as I start to uh, expand on these ideas of network states and the future of advanced economies. This uh, segment kind of encapsulates the basic foundation of where I'm coming from. And then the goal is to uh, like think about how these technological advancements uh, interact with the creation of, of new efficiency and then discuss that uh, through networks, through states, through uh, the economy, uh, through the politics, 
and at the end I'll have a, a kind of declaration of what I think the future of advanced uh, economies entail. So we'll leave it at that. <laughs>